Hello and welcome everyone to the Quest of the Stone and Stars. I am Mike, the Dungeon Master, or some other term. I'll probably make up random stuff throughout this whole thing for what I'm doing. But today, I'm the Master of the Dungeon. With us as always, this is Dustin, James, Danny, and Cece, ready to go. Ready to get back into this. Now... Who oh, yeah. wants to recap what happened at the end of last episode? Like, or just episode two, recap it for us. Who, somebody go. So, we were finally getting along our way. And as we were getting closer and closer, we decided to stop for the night, set up camp. And right before any of us went to sleep, a group of ne'er-do-wells... Uh, which happened to also be one of the other groups that was involved in looking for the gentleman we are hunting for, decided to try attacking us. Unfortunately, they learned the hard way we are a tough nut to crack. Giggity. <laughs> nut. <laughs> and for remembering what happened, you get an extra hero point. Huzzah! Oh, dang. I was double checking my notes so I could answer that. I'm jealous now. Well, that's that's fine. Next time I put one of you on the spot, he's not allowed to answer. That's fair. So, everybody else pay attention. But the day breaks. Nothing attacked you overnight. It was actually quite calm, despite the bloodstains around the camp. And you guys are able to get back on the road. On the road again. No. All spells were refreshed. I think everybody was healed up at the end of the fight because my dice hated me. It's okay. I've put blessings and curses on all of you, so we should be good. We will see who is the more powerful witch because I also blessed my shit. <laughs> witch off. Fantastic. This day passes without incident, and towards the evening, you actually make it to the unnamed farming village. Um, sun's still up. Think about four in the afternoon as you arrive, and you know the people are working, and the children are playing. It's mostly dwarven children with some humans scattered around. What are y'all gonna do? <clears throat> uh, I will look around to see if there is a temple or a shrine. There is a small shrine in the center of the little village, um, but it's not even a, a building. It's literally just a hammer on top of an anvil. Okay. While they're deciding what to do, I will walk over to the shrine. Is there an offering plate? There is a small one, yes. I will drop some coinage into it. Uh, I'll drop two of my gold into it. Because one must always respect other religions. Especially when they are in line with one's own. Okay, what's everybody else doing? Finswick will try to find like um, I don't know if there's like a market with like a poster board or whatever for different jobs and whatnot to see maybe if he can pick up on something that might align with uh, this investigation. There's not even an inn in this little town. Oh, um, okay. It's just like a, some thatch houses that and then the, the fields nearby where the adults look to be finishing up the day's work. Okay. Uh, All right. What's, can uh, I, can I just do a perception check and see if anything catches Finswick's eye? Absolutely. That's a hole. Oh, I know my perception is over here. Um, that's a 19. 19? 
it's really there's nothing out of the ordinary that you can tell. Then I will just follow behind Haven. Okay. What's Amaril and Thule doing? Are there any interesting landmarks? No, there isn't. This is, I mean, there's the mountains off in the distance, but that's kind of the direction you guys are coming from. And the road continues to the northeast or northwest. Are there any merchants or anything? No. Uh, as discussed previously, this is kind of just like a fly speck farming village that's only goal is to provide food to Janderhof. Gotcha. Um,. Like, it's, it's so small and unconsequential, it's not even on any maps that you guys have seen of the region. Gotcha. Like, think maybe, like, ten families total. And you said the, like, grown-ups are coming back in from the fields? Yeah, it looks like they're finishing up the day, you're getting some quizzical looks out from the fields. I mean, travelers aren't necessarily odd here but you know people just kind of like ride through onto the next stop now as you're putting the coins in the the plate the children look up from their play see that and just wide-eyed wow mister are you rich no but <clears throat> i do respect what torag stands for That's gold, right? Yes, indeed. And one of the kids comes up and looks at it, doesn't touch it, because Dwarven Child, respectively, looks at you. You gotta be rich, because you got blue tattoos. Ah. Uh, no, no, those are just part of what I am. They are not tattoos, they are just simple connection lines that help me function. My daddy says ale is what helps him function. Undoubtedly, I have heard that of many dwarven fathers. I don't know if you intend this, but this is giving me that one, like, TikTok teacher Lee McNasty vibes when he pretends to be his <laughs> students. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> I... I could very well be channeling my, because you know I'm I'm a I'm I'm old. I can't really do a kid voice. Not that I can do very many voices well anyway. It's not my strong suit. I mean, the things the kid is saying are spot on. It's just like uh -huh. when you said about the tattoos. I mean, it, well, my mom says that only felons have tattoos. <laughs> well, I mean, these these children see you, you know. Schwanti coming to trade at Janderhof from the Cinderlands, so they're used to seeing people with tattoos. Not necessarily blight, bright blue glowing ones. Or, um, lady, are you sick? One of the human children's tugging at your tunic there, Thule. No, you ask? You, you don't have any hair. She folds her arm and looks kind of like a little bit annoyed. Well, I was born that way. Oh. Kind of like <laughs> Billy was born with a blue eye and a brown eye. Yeah, we like call that. Him, yeah, we call him Two-Eyed Billy. I don't like it when you call me that. Low-hanging fruit, but everybody loves a hairless pussycat. Oh. Oh, no. Damn it. <laughs> we went three episodes without that joke being made. I'm proud of you and yet slightly disappointed. <laughs> you could have almost gone three. <laughs> oh. Haven, would you like to uh, hmm. maybe try to speak to someone about our uh, person of interest? Indeed. 
and I will turn and look at the child who first addressed me. Pardon, young sir, but who is the one who tends to your faith here? Um, what? Who leads you in the prayers to Mighty Torag? Oh, oh, um, that's Mr. William. That's Billy's dad. Ah, excellent. Can and I will reach into uh, my purse and pull out a silver. Hand it down to him. Can you show me where uh, his house is, please? Sure, mister, but he's out in the field right now. That is fine. I can wait patiently for when he returns. Okay, mister. And he points to the one house that is just slightly bigger than the rest. Like, think of it as having an extra room versus the other shacks. Okay. That's his house right there. Thank you, young one. And, and he... Don't spend that all in one place. I'm rich! <laughs> and he starts running around and bragging to the other <laughs> children about how rich he is. So for those of you who don't know, a gold piece would be roughly the equivalent of a hundred dollars in, yep. in real world money. So these, these, people is a live off of, these people live off of coppers. A silver piece is a rarity. Like this literally made that kid very decently rich. <laughs> Even I'm not quite sure that a young child could spend all of that in one place. Not around here, anyways. I'm buying the candy! We get all the candy! And the other children just start chanting, Candy, candy, candy. It's very well if it sells candy around here. Nobody sells anything around here. They're going to have to wait... <laughs> Till the wagon goes to town or a, a wagon comes out with like repair stuff. Just imagining a candy wagon instead of an ice cream van. After about a minute, now that the children are fully just all just parading around the little shrine, ch chanting candy as this kid walks with this silver coin head and held in the air. The adults finally come in and just, what's going on? I'm rich, Dad. That guy gave me silver and put gold right there. Okay. And another gentleman comes, looks at the gold, nods thoughtfully, picks it up reverently, and walks to the group standing outside of his home and says, that's mighty generous. Thank you. That'll head to the church and down the few ways. I'm William DeBain. Humans leading this settlement, apparently. What can I assist you folks with? We are looking for someone who recently passed this way. Okay. Um, who are you looking for? Dogland Hammerstone. Oh. Cleric Doglin. Um, actually, yeah, that is kind of odd. He should have been back through last week. Indeed, the sheriff of Yonderhof sent us to find him. Well, I mean, he came through... Um, gave the kids some candy and then headed north like he normally does. But then he normally doubles back and it's very scheduled. He, he checks on all of us that are out this way to make sure we don't need any healing or stays for a night, gives a sermon and then continues on his way. Was there so any 
anything unusual this visit? No, everything happened as per the schedule. Um, we haven't heard any rumors of any other missing people. Um, I mean, he's normally by himself unless he's showing an acolyte the way. Has his warhammer fairly accomplished as a cleric from what I understand. That is but, what we were led to believe as well. So you haven't seen him in seven days? I mean, he should have been through... If he stuck to his schedule, five days. Sometimes he sticks around a little bit in Sarathu. Um, there is a prophet there that he sometimes treats with, a uh, prophet of Phrasma. Um, can I do a check on Sarathu? That would be a society check. Yeah, I would I would like to do that as well. Go ahead and roll. Back to rolling my dice. So he and they suck. treats with the mistress of the boneyard as well. Well, not necessarily, but the mm. prophet... I just like that role. <laughs> Sucks to be totally with that natural one. I mean, you can spend your hero point if you want. I got, I got a, a 20. I, got I a mean, in terms D. of things I could go roll on, like, a nat crit fail on, I feel like this is the least, like, less consequential. <laughs> Alright, you got a 16. Crit doesn't necessarily treat with Phrasma, but um, about 15 years back, a local girl was found unconscious and at a fountain that hadn't flowed in years and it started flowing again. And then every now and then Phrasma speaks through her. Hmm. Um, that is... Interesting. I would not think that the Lady of Graves would take such a direct hand with the living unless they were those to be born. Oh, she is also the goddess of prophecy. But did prophecy not end when Aridin passed, or has my education been lacking? Uh, Phrasma... Actually, I'm going to need you to make a religion check. <laughs> while you're doing, free info. While you're Not doing this. that, we're going to go into the two who passed their their check on Sarathu. Um, Sarathu is a small hamlet that should be ruled by Corvosa, but it is... All the uh, has the honor of being both the poorest and farthest removed from the city-state. When the prophet was awakened, um, there's been a growing unrest among the citizenry of Sarathu, um, prophesizing that a change was coming and that the town should break free of Corvos and control. Granted, that was, it's been 15 years, but they haven't done anything about it. Okay, right. uh, do we know about how far away the town is? Uh, just another couple days. If you follow the road and the river, you should get there. And I got a dirty 20 on my religion check. A dirty 20? Um, Thule, you know for certain that Sarathu is under the sway of Kermaga and is a hotbed for the evils that come out of Kermaga. Gotcha. With the Dirty 20, you know that Phrasma's areas of concern are birth, death, fate, prophecy, and rebirth. The prophecies aren't as clear as when Aradin was still alive, she's kind of just taken up the prophetic domains after his passing. So it's 
rather than crystal clear prophecy, it's more vague. Alrighty. Like, it's not one of the domains her clerics get, but it is part of her area of concern, should I say. <laughs> As one of her edicts is to strive to understand ancient prophecy. Well then. I appreciate Welcome. the information, sir. Is there anything else that stands out in your memory about the last time he was here? No, he was his normal chipper self. Um, always made a point to stop and make sure each child got a piece of candy out of his bag. Um, and then we had a service that evening. Um, he healed nods at one of the women who's the a dwarven woman who's trying to calm down her child with the silver coin. <laughs> um, she had taken a wound in the field and he healed her as per usual. And somebody, when she comes through and somebody's injured and then went about his down the road, whistling. <sighs> well, then the information is much appreciated. And Haven will reach into his purse once more and pull out another silver and pass it to him. This is for your time. Is there anyone who needs the help of a cleric? Let me think. Oh, are you a cleric of Torag? Looking at your chest awfully weird, he doesn't seem to recognize the symbol. I follow Cassandra Lee. I'm not familiar. Um, actually, we've been doing pretty good, uh, other than some minor aches and pains from work in the fields, but there's nothing really to be done with that other than a good night's sleep. Hmm. Well then. But I, I thank you, brother, for your offer. And we're, we're late in the day, correct? Yes. Okay. Would you like to stay in the, the guest room? I would be all right with just a place in a barn. I think the rest of the villagers would revolt after you've come and spent your coin here in such a way. I, I insist, please, have the guest room. My wife is getting the stew pulled now, and it, there should be plenty to feed everyone. I would gladly take a night in the guest room. I put Archon to indoors myself. See? No need for barns. Come, come. Very well, then. Um, can Professor Spenswick do... Uh, is it a society to do like a sense motive? Because um, he was just kind of observing the conversation, so I just want to make sure that uh, sense motive is handled through perception now. Perception, yep, yep, that's right. I was trying to think. I forgot if it was society or perception. Yep. So, no, give me a perception check. That is a seventeen. Seventeen. Um, you're fairly certain this guy is one hundred percent legit about this, considering that. Haven has spent probably two years worth of income to this village just in the collection plate alone. Okay. <laughs> and Fencewick will follow the group over to the guest room. Yeah, it's just a deciding. It's a small little bunk room. There are, it's the, that one extra room that I was talking about, and there are just seven bunks and a small reading chair next to where the little hearth is in this room. And he heads over, draws up a little fire in that, and then just says, if you'd come join us in about half an hour to... Uh, to the dinner table. 
Thank you so much for your hospitality. Thank you so much for your generosity. Well, it seems that this uh, dogman character is uh, quite um, quite on it with the schedule and uh, seems to live a life of patterns, so seems to me it'd be easy to for him to be picked off or or for somebody to know his whereabouts and so he could be in a heap of trouble I could say that openly to the group still just very keenly just being on the investigation and not caring too much for the rhetoric of the small town I believe you may be on to something. However, I think it would behoove us to go and speak to this prophet. What did we say the prophet's name was, or did he not say that? He just said the name of the town. He did not say the prophet's name. He only called her the prophet. Be easy enough to get her name once we got there. I'm pretty sure she's she's probably, um, you know, well-known. Yeah, the way you said it, it wasn't like, oh, that's a prophet. It sounded more like a title. You could could hear the capital P. Well, enough. Um, And then you said there's one chair in the room. Yep, one chair with a small table next to the hearth. Fencewick will sit down in the chair and start uh, writing in his journal, just taking notes on um, the information they've received here and then taking notes about the town. Is there like a ledge over near the hearth? A small one. Okay, like enough for someone to sit on? No. Okay. Well, then Tilly just sits on the floor and the hearth because she doesn't have any hair, so she might be able to sleep. <laughs> if nobody's doing anything mm. else, a half hour later, dinner is served. Nope. And the only thing that Haven does is kind of stand off in a corner and his eyes kind of twitch back and forth. Accessing your memory banks. Mm. And processing stuff. All right, we will go to dinner. It, he, he says it's very simple fare, but it is a piping hot bowl of a soup with vegetables, noodles, and looks to be some sort of bird. Does totally know what kind of it is? I mean, you can roll me a nature check, or you can take a taste. I'm tasting it. I think she's going to taste it. It's duck. And then about 30 seconds after the soup hits the table, she comes out with a big board and a large flat piece of piping hot bread. That gets cut up and passed around the table. Looks like there's herbs and oil in the top of the bread. Sounds yummy. Sounds like Panera bread. Hmm. (laughs) I'm hungry. It's a focaccia. What did you just call me? You heard me. Yeah. I used to work at Panera bread. I know what that is. (laughs) As did I. Sponsor me, Panera. I want free broccoli cheese soup. (laughs) Out of what for me? I mean, if we're looking for sponsors, Mac Tools would be amazing. I could definitely use some new hand tools. I think they're real big in the uh, TTRPG sponsorships these days. But you know who is? Poppet's Coffee. Best coffee you could have. 
just waiting. <laughs> I mean, he was waiting for the segue. They're, they're, they're our friends. We plug them. They. The coffee I don't know is what amazing. happens. I typically but, don't plug my friends. Um, <laughs> Only with consent. Amen. <laughs> but, I mean, it's a. Depending on how you like duck soup noodles and focaccia bread. It's either a really good dinner or a really bad dinner, but it's prepared quite well. And the last name was Debane? Debane, yes. Uh, Emeril, well, and his wife prepared it, correct? And yes. She's serving? Yes. Mrs. Debane, this food is delicious. Thank you so much. And she goes, kind of blushes, and she just says, I just work with what I got. It's very yummy. You're quite a talented cook. Thank you. I just... There's not much else to do, so I like to ensure that my husband comes home and has a, a a good solid dinner. Hmm. And then there's a, a small pastry that's passed around for dessert. What kind what? of pastry? Yeah, what is this? Well, you are you asking or are you just taking a bite i'm taking a bite taking a bite it's light some sort of dough but it's also seemed to be stuffed with some sort of like raspberry jam she calls them a pochki well this is all quite delightful thank you debane Are there any other services that we would be able to provide for you while we're here? Or maybe uh, we could swing back through and assist you with in the coming weeks. Not that we could think of. I don't think we would be able to afford adventures of your caliber. Well, not all services have to be paid depending on the interest and uh, mystery behind them. You have to do is just give me that's enough payment. She smiles and aren't you all so sweet? Well, right now, I don't think there's anything. Is there, William? No, we're, we're all pretty good here, but if something comes up on your way back through, I'll be happy to impose upon your generosity. And we would be happy to help you. So you've heard about us in our boring little town? What? Tell us about yourselves. Just banal conversation throughout dinner and dessert. Um... Haven will look around and see that nobody immediately steps in and he says, I awoke a little over two years ago, out in the mountains. I'm not sure what my previous incarnation was doing here, but Cassandra Lee reached out to me and gave me a vision of something I must find and protect for her. I've been looking for it ever since. Well, that's interesting. You look way older than two years old. My kind... Our bodies do not truly die. Our soul moves on, and then a new soul awakens in the old body after it has repaired itself. Are, are you one of those um, Andrews that I heard about? I am an android, yes. yes. Oh, Android, I, I'm terribly sorry. 
Interesting. I thought you guys were all up in Numeria. Apparently, my predecessor made his way down here. And he chuckles as he looks over at the elf and says, Let me guess, you're, you're five, ten? Excuse me? His, 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 <laughs> his wife... His wife smacks him on the arm. Now you know it's impolite to ask a woman her age. I'm sorry, I'm just just kidding. A, a two-year-old man walked into my house tonight. I mean, that's fair, but uh, no, I am a young adult by Elvin standards. <laughs> so that means you're probably just about as old as I am, ma'am. And he again chuckles at his joke and she just kind of shakes his head at him. Very clever. I enjoy it. <laughs> uh, I would be willing to play a song for you all if that would be all right. Oh. Absolutely. Free entertainment. Actually, um, if you're up for it, I could get... We could go out to the 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 the, the shrine and... Let the town hear. The more the merrier. Oh, fantastic. I'm going to go get everybody up. And he seems genuinely excited. Goes out and gets everybody basically sat in a semicircle around the, the Shrine of Torag for you. And I roll a performance? Absolutely. Watch me roll like a three. Ooh, that is a 16. solid performance. You get a whole lot of claps and oohs and ahs. I will take a little bow at the end when I'm finished. And you sing prettier than my mom. One Why, thank little you, kids. little one. So, just. Adults chuckle over that, and then one in the back, You sing prettier than my wife! Then you hear, that comment might get you in trouble. You you hear a thud. You, know, you ain't gonna be hearing any of my singing ever for a bit. And it's like, oh. Oh no. Oh no? <laughs> no, no, you, you hear somebody get slapped upside the back of the head and somebody say that and the rest of the town laughs when he goes, oh, oh no. <laughs> but, yeah, it's only about 20 people out here. So they all know each other and like yes. they're going to be talking about this for weeks. Probably, yes. Most times if somebody comes through, it's very quick, brusque. Do you have an end to stay at? No, leave. So you guys have provided entertainment and funds that they just don't even know what to do with. But a good night's had by all. Somebody rolls out a, a keg of some homebrew and starts passing it around. If you guys want to partake, you can. If not, it kind of just turns into a, almost like a mini festival for them. Amaril is here for this. She definitely partakes. She'll play if people want to dance. Oh, absolutely. They, they start giving requests for songs that you've never heard of, a couple that you have, the ones that they, that you know, you've never heard of, they kind of give you like a quick rhythm to see if you can pick up on it. With that 16, you you can at least jam along as best as possible. And it's just a good old time. And while she's playing, Finswick will sit uh, close, close to her just to kind of keep an eye because obviously she's going to be into her performance and whatnot. Uh, and he'll tap his foot along and enjoy the festivities, but he does want to just kind of keep an eye on the crowd a little bit to see if he notices anything um, that he would 
he would deem as off a little bit. Nothing triggers anything odd. Like, it just... To you, it's provincial country folk having provincial country folk good times. Alright, he will just continue to enjoy the evening and just keep an eye out. He just kind of enjoys herself and partakes of the alcohol. After a couple hours, Williams steps in after a, a song finishes and the the sun is set. People are looking at her. He's like, now, I don't want to rain on everybody's parade. But we do have work in the morning. And those fields aren't tending themselves. So, everybody, we had fun. But now it's time to get done. And there's some good-hearted chuckles about how William's always ruining everybody's fun, but nobody's actually mad about it. It's just like, they just, you know, all wind down simultaneously at that and thank everyone for the evening and head back into their homes. I assume there's like a Brady, Brady Bunch moment. Yeah. Night, Paul! <laughs> Hugs and handshakes and a couple of extra hard drunken claps on the back. It seems like these people will take any excuse to let their hair down, but they, they know when it's time to stop. Well, then I guess we should retire for the evening as well. Indeed. Well, he's already starting to look a little drowsy. Yes, I do believe some rest is in order, and she'll head back to the guest room that Mr. Debane has offered us for the night. You each pick a bunk, or however you want to sleep. The night passes without incident, except Haven. Yes. You have a sense that what you seek is moving south. Hmm. I will uh, take a moment to focus on this sense and see if it is see if I can get an idea of if it is the type or the items that I seek or the person that we are currently seeking. Is there anything I need to roll for that? Go ahead and roll me a religion check. Okay. Uh, once again, these Norse foundry dice love me. 19 on the die for a total of uh, 25. 25. It's the sense that you felt when you woke up from the mind spins, that there was something you needed to seek nearby. It's that, that sense. Okay. I will keep that in mind, but a man's life currently hangs in the balance. So I must take care of that first. And the next couple of days, walking to Sarathu, pass without incident. Um, you all were given a crock full of the leftover soup to enjoy. With promise that when you come back through, you deliver her good crockery back to her. Most certainly, madam. We are arriving at Sarasu now. 
Yes. Nothing happens over that two days. You guys are just walking right through, correct? Yes. <clears throat> yep, believe so. Power walk to Sarathu. Power steps in. <laughs> Could that be the name of this episode? <laughs> Arties and power walks. <laughs> That, I think, is the name of the episode. Throw that in the chat so I remember it. I will. All right, so. Uh, Sarathu is a, a hamlet, so it's a bit bigger than uh, the little unnamed village you came to, but it's also still very small. And as you get there, you know, you see ramshackle buildings that's not like well maintained. They're not run down to say the least, to say anything, but they're definitely not made of the best materials. They're not, you know, they're kind of basically like the same shacks you saw at the farming village. Okay. But there's actual activity in town versus the farming village where it's literally just where people sleep and eat before they go back out to work. So is there like a tavern or? There is. Um, it just, it says the Sarathu Inn. Not even good enough to have a like kitchy fun. Yeah. yeah, there's no kitschy names to it. It's just the Sarathu Inn. Can totally do like um, a perception check or something to see if there's anything suspicious around them. Absolutely, because the non-existent hairs on the back of your neck stand up when you get here, because you know. This place is a den of evil. There could be a troll cutting their innards out any moment. Yep, that's... She's just going to be very, very suspicious and kind of like her ears are twitching and she's kind of like looking around, like expecting something. So I'm going to do my perception. Absolutely, because none of you shared the information that you learned from your society checks with each other. I mean, why would we do is that? that? Yeah, right. no, it makes it way too easy. Right. So Cooley's <laughs> paranoid and everybody else seems really at ease, and you do not understand why these people aren't terrified of this place. I think she just, like, probably expected that they knew about it. Um, hold on, where is the perception check? I can't find it. On is Tully, like, obviously twitchy, or is that something I would have to roll perception for? <laughs> yep, you need to roll perception to notice. You're no you haven't been around her that long. Um, any tab of your character sheet, it's on the left-hand side right below your AC. Alright. I rolled an 11. Oh. Yeah. She does a my die. She does a lot of strange things, so it's kind of hard to tell. The fence work's gonna Fair. just be looking for signs for this prophet. I, I cannot find. Posting. Okay, I'm just gonna roll. I'm gonna um, hand roll a freaking d20. Would this okay. count as a sense motive type check? Yes, it would. All right. Pretty sure I don't. I don't notice anything because I just got a two. So well, a two plus. Uh, what would be the modifier for it? Two plus your perception, which is a plus two. A plus two. Okay, so I got a four. I'm still not seeing perception for some reason. And uh, Haven got a 13. A 13? Yeah, she seems a little on edge. Um, you're, you're not certain why she's on edge, but she seems a little on edge. And she must really be on edge for Haven to notice it. Right. Um, Walter? I got it. 
21 for that check. A 21? There, There isn't any signage that says, Prophet lives here. Right. So there's nothing to, like, point out exactly where this Prophet would be. But you do see the fountain that was discussed that wouldn't didn't work previously until she was found unconscious over it. Gotcha. <laughs> but there are people around, so if you want to talk to them, you can make a diplomacy gather information check. Uh, I can attempt that. Um, Tuli, with your four perception, you're pretty sure that if you go into that inn and sleep there, they're going to poison you and you will wake up as something's experiment. He's very against the inn. Uh, I got a 12 for that diplomacy. A 12 for diplomacy? Anybody else asking around? Yeah, I'll ask around too. And what were you, were you asking specifically for the oracle or the prophet? Benswick was, yes. Okay. Yeah, people are like, you're, you're getting met with a lot of suspicion, non-committal answers. Like, where can I find the prophet? Uh, you don't find her, she finds you. And then they just kind of nod and walk away. Strange, but okay. Is there anywhere that looks like a safe place for Tuli to go and find information? You, you're you're kind of leery about going inside. The, the people seem normal right now, but you're pretty sure, like, Behind one of those doors is something waiting to jump out at you. Be it some of the undead, some of the trolls, maybe even a bloat mage. There could be so. a cucumber behind you. Really what it is oh is that... Oh my god, that's the worst. <laughs> in, in your mind, you've confused the lore for Kermaga with the lore for Sarathu and kind of just mashed them together. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so she's just kind of, like, too busy trying to keep an eye out for her surroundings that she's, she's kind of leery about talking to the other people. But she used to be a little socially awkward, you know. That's fair. And, Emerald, you were asking around? Um, I'm going to ask more, like, if anybody has seen the dwarf that we're looking for. Asking about Doglin. Okay, give me another gather information check. Diplomacy. I don't think they want to talk to me. Oh, I got a know. seven. You know, the cleric? Oh yeah, he came, stayed three days at the inn like normal, and then headed back south. Hmm. But did you see him leave town towards the south? Yeah. Were you asking anyone, Thule, about anything? Or Haven, were you? Like, he's he kind of still, like, busy trying to look out for danger right now. <laughs> Haven will look for the uh, nearest place of worship. Okay. And uh, make his way there. There is a temple to Phrasma here. Perfect. Do we see him leaving? And, like, can I follow him, basically? I'm having and no luck otherwise. Yeah, you're, you're asking around, and Haven just goes, Ah, perfect! And just starts walking away. If you want to follow him, you are able to. He's not being stealthy about it. I will follow him, because I'm not making much headway otherwise. Fully right. sees that there's a larger group of people leaving and decides to follow them because safety in numbers. Right, and they're going to a church, right? Churches are always good places. Well, most of the time. I mean, it's not a church to an evil deity. A very neutral one, but in, you know. And, Walter, are you following along? Or are you... Uh... I think 
uh, Walter will kind of post up outside the church and just kind of watch any of uh, the crowd movement and see if he can get a a feel or eavesdrop on a the passing conversation. See if that would give her any information that would seem useful to the group. All right. Give me a perception check while you're listening. Yeah. Uh, 13. 13. You find out that somebody's wife is most likely cheating on them. Um, you heard something about some strange rumblings out of Kermaga, and then somebody also says, well, that's just Kermaga for you. Um, people saying that they'd be better under Kermagan rule than Corvosin. People muttering about the weather. Nothing nothing of substance. It's just little bits of information. Now, the three of you walking into the church, go into the church. You're meted by somebody in gray robes. I will bow to them and say, greetings. I am <clears throat> Haven, a follower of Cassandra Lee. We come seeking information, if that can be had from the followers of the Lady of Graves. And what informations does the follower of the Iron God seek? There is a dwarven cleric of Torag who normally comes up this way and we were wondering if he had been here. Is this Doglin Hammerstone you speak of? Indeed. He was here. Came and spoke with the Oracle. Hmm. They do this every other month. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. If you'd like, I can get her for you. That would be most appreciated. I will see if she is available. If not, I will give you what information I may. Excellent. And I give a slight head nod and head to the back. About five minutes later, a young woman, um, think early 20s. Um, I'm going to go with like Natalie Portman as early Queen Amidala looking. <laughs> just to give you like that the, the age and that serene look on her face and just so you could get that mental image in your head and she comes out and says Doglin is missing indeed how strange he did not return to Yonderhof and so they sent out several groups to find him. One group turned out to be less than ethical. Another group was a group of well-armed and armored dwarves. We managed to get here first, I, I believe. She just like looks at you, but through you. She nods along to what you're saying. Her eyes turn completely gray. And she says, We'll see y'all next week. <laughs> Motherfucker. Dang. <laughs> what a way to leave off, man. Oh, it's a good cliffhanger, but fuck, I'm angry. <laughs> With that, I would like to thank everyone for giving us a listen. Um, tune in next week to see what she actually says. And while you're at it, hit up the Patreon, Knights of the Smith Dinner Table, and um, sign up and you can see all of these notes to find out what I'm ad-libbing and what I'm actually reading from my notes. <laughs> That's uh, at the basic $5 tier. If you go higher, there's swag. Lots and lots of swag to be had. T-shirts. All right. Cool. 
as Mike said, thanks for listening. We would love to have you continue. And if you can spare a, a few dollars every month, help support us and help us bring even better stuff. Um, we will be looking at expanding the type of swag that we'll be offering, but unfortunately that does cost money. So if you can help us out, awesome. And if not, that's awesome as well. You're still helping us. If you can head over to Apple Podcasts or Podchaser and give us a rating and review there. Uh, other than that, we'll see you next week, folks. Have a great one. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Quest of the Stone and Stars actual play podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Quest of the Stone and Stars is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Incorporated and Paizo products, visit paizo.com. The bumper music was created by The Simulacri. All other music, ambience, and sound effects created by Monument Studios. Knights of the Smith Dinner Table, Quest of the Stone and Stars, and all associated logos are property of Knightsmith Games, LLC.